You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on the John DePietro Show. All right, folks, and good afternoon. It's John DePietro. This portion of the program brought to you by Case. Remember, they are open for takeout, delivery, stop by Case. They're waiting for you. What a day it is. I'm going to give you the latest. Governor Mundo press briefing is coming up this afternoon at 2.30. But we've had a big development, a story regarding the GCLS. I've been telling you about it all afternoon. And again, good vote. Good afternoon, folks. It's John DePietro. Uh, the governor is not coming up till 2.30, so we have the full hour. And this is a really amazing story that Channel 12 has been behind. It has to do, as I was explaining, the situation with the Rhode Island Convention Center. And just to kind of sum it up for you, and I think I can sum it up pretty well. Uh, the, the speaker was playing fast and loose different stories uh, regarding his motivation for an audit at the Rhode Island Convention Center. You remember how that dominated January, February resulted in a grand jury probe. And one of the things that the speaker said in February was that the whole reason for the audit was that he had a list a list uh, from his pal at the convention center, Jim Demers, and on the list was a number of different things. Well, he said that, his own words, and then Channel 12, they filed and said that they'd like to see a copy of that list. And the speaker and the JCLS uh, attorney would not hand it over. Uh, Speaker Mattiello, who controls the Joint Committee, Legislative Services, will not hand it over. It made its way to the Attorney General's office. And then the audacity of this crew, they continue to ask for delays, saying they couldn't hand it over because of the pandemic that was going on. And all these, uh, you know, the dog eat my homework and all this other foolishness. And then it turned out, in essence, there never was any type of list. The whole thing was basically, uh, it's very, very disturbing. And I want to credit Eli Sherman of Channel 12 and the, the speakers trying to say, oh, you know, they're making a big deal about this whole thing. But he's the one. And even you have Attorney General Peter Narona saying he's putting them on notice. And this is going into the record that they delayed asking for delays. Oh, we need more time to come up with it. It never existed. Folks, someone who has been pushing this forward into the, the forefront. He is the minority leader at the Rhode Island House. And we want to say good afternoon, afternoon to our friend, Minority Leader Blake Filippi. Good afternoon, Minority Leader Filippi. Hey, John. Good to be with you and your guest. What can you uh, tell us about uh, when you heard, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, the, the, the speaker was continuing to insist that he was basically given a list by his pal there, Jim Demers, uh, of things that were wrong at the convention center. He referred to a list. He was obviously trying to give the impression there was a list. Um, you, you had heard that, them, that they were not playing ball and they refused to release this, quote, list, Correct. No, I had no idea, which is quite ironic, and I can get into that irony if if you do me the pleasure. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. So if you look at the Attorney General's intelligent, well-written letter, it essentially puts the Joint Committee on Legislative Services on notice that it has violated APRA, the Access to Public Records Act. Yep. The problem is JCLS hasn't met. JCLS hasn't done anything. JCLS never withheld anything. JCLS never made any decisions. JCLS never reviewed the filing from Eli Sherman or the Attorney General's letter to JCLS. This is all done by the Speaker himself. JCLS had nothing to do with this. I'm on JCLS. It's a five-member board. I'm sure the other members had nothing to do with this. Really, the letter should be directed to the Speaker saying, you violated APRA. Because he's holding himself out to act on behalf of JCLS, and that's what our whole lawsuit is about. He doesn't have the authority to act on behalf of JCLS. Wow, that is an excellent, you know, that is an excellent point, Representative Filippi. Thank you. Uh, You are... You are aware that he was referring that his motivation for this audit had to do with, quote, a list that Jim Demers had given him that allegedly spelled out financial issues. Do you remember at least hearing the the speaker reference that that's what his motivation was, that there was a list of why he went down uh, the the road he did, which was for this audit? Yes, I've heard the speaker's comments to that effect. Okay. have, have you, were you aware that the Attorney General's office 
kept asking him about it. And actually, the person they were asking was, have you had, what can you tell us about the attorney, legal counsel, the GCLS, Joe Rogers, Joseph Rogers? Good guy, good attorney. Um, I, like I said, I wasn't aware that any of this was going on. Hmm. Not aware whatsoever. And Which raises all host of problems. Why is the committee that's subject of an attorney general after investigation not being notified of the investigation, not meeting and directing our attorney about how to respond? Were you aware, Representative Filippi, that JCLS legal counsel Joe Rogers repeatedly requested delays to file a response to the complaint and he was saying it had to do with the coronavirus pandemic? Were you even aware that any of that was going on? John, I- I didn't even know this was going on until I read it in the paper this morning. Wow. In the WPRI. Yes. That's the whole point of why this thing is so absurd. This JCLS farce that's going on. It's not JCLS. JCLS hasn't met. It's, it's the speaker. You know, I, I, I know nothing about that. And that just raises a whole entire host of problems. What, what is, all right, now that you know this, what are some of the questions that you would like answered or, or cleared up or straightened out? Well, I, I wanted to be clear with the Attorney General that GCLS hasn't acted. You know, I think I think he needs, you know, to, to, to understand, and he probably does, and it's kind of a legal quagmire that if he's putting GCLS on notice about its violation, but I, I don't know if that's possible, as GCLS hasn't met in 12 years. GCLS hasn't taken any action in 12 years. GCLS didn't withheld, withhold any documents. The Speaker withheld documents. Right. And actually, there was no document. Uh, as much as it's the withholding of document, basically what he did was he, by his own doing, you tell me, but it sounds like he fabricated the existence of a document that never existed in the first place. I mean, the whole story doesn't check out. I don't know if there was a document or there wasn't a document. I mean, that, that, that's why I think you always have to be truthful, because when, you, when you're not truthful, you got to keep being untruthful to cover up your prior untruth. I mean, there's an untruth somewhere, whether when he first said there was a document or whether he's saying now there isn't a document. Okay. At so some point, at some point, there was there was an untruth, whether that's now or before. I don't know. What do you make of Attorney General Peter Narona saying uh, this uh, put the now you're a member of JCLS and now the legislative body is on notice. Um, is that the type of thing that could maybe come back and haunt you in your political career, if someone wanted to do kind of a a smear counter campaign negative ad against you to say that you were part of a body that was put on notice by the sitting attorney general? Yes. Yes. Exactly the point. And it's also, it's about truth. You know, the truth is that JCLS had nothing to do with this. And there's tons of things that the speaker does on behalf of JCLS that he doesn't have the legal authority to do. And this is just the latest example you know, him him not even correcting the record and saying, oh, you know, him holding himself out as JCLS, one member of a five-member board holding himself out as JCLS, you know, just raises an entire host of problems that we're litigating about. Now, let me just read you just a couple. Let me just read you a couple of quotes. One is from Larry Berman, House spokesman. The document requested does not exist. And the attorney general found that it was undisputed. They did not maintain any responsive documents. Um, John Marion, Common Cause. The requested document was key information investigating the justification for the improperly ordered order of the body. The fact that the list never existed in the first place is important for the reporter to know. The JCLS failure to inform Channel 12 that the list never existed until there was a complaint against the body does a disservice to the public's right of no. Now, Representative Filippi, they're basically coming out and it's tough to not read that they're basically saying that when Mattiello told the Providence Journal he had a list that Jim Demers had given him, that he basically lied when he said that. I mean, there was a lie at some point. I mean, I understand the speaker's explanation. Hey, you know, the list was a verbal list. I mean, but why why wouldn't you just say that when the APRA request is initially submitted? Why do you play all these games? Right. You know, it, it almost sounds to me that there was a list. They were trying to withhold it, and they realized they couldn't withhold it. And then, you know, the list gets thrown in the fireplace. Oh, I see. Okay. And now they're saying, oh, there never was a list when they realized never. 
because initially they did deny the request saying the document remains under wraps. And then when they lost, then they said, you're right. Oh, actually, on second thought, there is no list when there actually could have been a list. That's a very yeah, good yeah. point. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. You, you request the document for me and the document doesn't exist. I just say that document doesn't exist. I don't start asserting all these exemptions to APRAs why I don't turn over the document. So I don't necessarily agree with the Attorney General's statement that it's undisputed that the list doesn't exist. Hmm. You know, I think you, you just have to look at the prior statements to, and you can kind of infer that it does. Now, maybe the Attorney General is saying that because there's no one else with first-hand direct knowledge of the list that came in and said otherwise. But I, mean, I think you can infer from a lot of the comments made that at some point <laughs> someone wasn't telling the truth. It's either now or months ago someone wasn't telling the truth. Yeah. But the whole, thing, the whole thing stinks. It does. And it's just the whole thing stinks. And you know what else? Uh, and again, folks, good afternoon at one sixteen on this Wednesday. It's John DePietro speaking with House Minority Leader Representative Blake Filippi. This is significant, uh, Representative Filippi, because a big part of this comes down to credibility of the speaker. And suddenly, you're right. If there was a list and he didn't want to hand it over, then it goes into the fireplace or it goes into the dumpster that they brought in for the black mold. Uh, there's a pattern here of this black mold and then suddenly there is no black mold found, but they had to rip up the office. And you do have a green jury. And what's, you know, the timing of this is really just ironic because the green jury basically, had, from what we understood, wrapped up their investigation and they were going to issue a verdict. Regarding the speaker, uh, his involvement with that, ordering that audit. And then, but what this comes back to is he was trying to do damage control to cover himself, in essence, where he did an interview with the Providence Journal, said Demers gave him a list of things that were going on that were wrong, almost like on his way out the door. Channel 12 requested we want a copy of it. Mattiello and company wouldn't hand it over. The attorney general sided with Channel 12, delay, delay, delay. And then they say, on second thought, there is no list. Now, have you composed a letter in the process of composing a letter to Attorney General Peter Narona? We're still talking about how we're going to respond. I mean, this all just happened. I saw it this morning. Sure. We have a a team and we're talking, but we're going to correct the record. The way we do it is unknown at this time. Okay. But you are going to respond to it. You're not going to let this stand. No, I'm not going to let it stand. I'm not going to let the board that I sit on yes. be accused of something when the board hasn't met in 12 years. Right. And you had no knowledge of this, which I know I'm not like asking you, but but I could see in the future someone spinning this to say that uh, Filippi was part of this board that was called into question by the attorney general withholding information. And and by the way, they would not be wrong if they said that because you do sit on the board and they were called into question by the attorney general for basically, uh, you know, put on notice for withholding evidence that then they claim never existed. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's accurate, but it's like what you just said is, is the truth. Now, I don't think those statements are, are like legally sound because the board hasn't met, but everything you just said is factually accurate. Now, I, e- I don't think those underlying facts are supported, and I think the record should be corrected. Eli Sherman of WPRI Channel 12, he uh, disclosed that the JCLS was never in possession of the requested document, the, the Demers list from the convention center. Sherman channeled to ask the attorney general to levy a fine, arguing JCLS willfully, knowingly abused the procedural process of APRA, repeatedly asking for delays when apparent easy answer was waiting in the wings. A strong message of deterrence should be sent in the case. What is your reaction to that? I don't think a message of deterrence was sent. You know, I, I'm not there. I think Peter Naroner's doing a heck of a job just in general, but I don't know how everything went back and forth. I haven't seen all the letters that went back and forth, so I, I can't sit here and question his judgment. But a lot of times, public agencies violate the law and, and nothing happens to them. Um, whereas if private citizens did or, or towns and cities did, they get whacked. But I, I don't think that state government should be held to a lesser standard. I frankly think it should be held to a higher standard. Yeah. And now Attorney General Peter Narona, he did say very simply, if you don't have a record, just say you don't have a record. But then it comes back to if you don't have a record, if you don't have this list, well, then, you know, then it comes back to the credibility to me, Representative Flippy, of the Speaker Mattiello. 
if you don't have the list, why are you telling the Providence Journal that you were handed a list? It comes back to his own words of coming back to haunt him. That's why you always got to be straight up, John. Yes. Now, you know, I, I find the whole thing. Um, now, let me ask you, who appoints this Joe Rogers? Uh, obviously, you know, well-known legal family. Father was a judge. I believe his um, sister is a judge. But how does he become the attorney for the uh, – he's the attorney of record for the JCLS. How does that happen? <laughs> well, this is going to take us into the rabbit hole, but I'll try and Go ahead. sum it up real quickly. Uh, the JCLS statute and rules are clear that the board, JCLS, the five members, must make these appointments. Uh, that's legally how it should happen. That's what our lawsuit is about. Uh, but, frankly, the way this happens is the speaker just names someone and, and, and they're hired. And they, frankly, don't, in many cases, have the legal authority to serve in that position. Now, Joe Rogers was there before I became a member of JCLS. Uh, so maybe they, you know, there was consensus among the members that he would be the attorney. Uh, I don't think there's any formal record of that because the JCLS doesn't have records since it hasn't met in 12 years. Uh, but uh, so I can't sit here and say that Joe Rogers isn't the JCLS attorney because it was before my time. I don't have knowledge of that. I plan on finding out. Uh, but um, I know there's attorneys hired, I mean, not attorneys, actually, attorneys and other people hired left and right that only legally the JCLS can hire. You know, I'll point to uh, Bill Lynch's daughter was hired recently That's right. by JCLS. Yeah. Um, at the same time, he was attacking me on air yes. and not disclosing that his, his, his daughter worked for JCLS. He was attacking me for my JCLS lawsuit. That's right. Um, you know, decisions like that to hire... It's specific in our statute that the JCLS must make the decision, not the speaker handing out gifts to his political friends. Now, when uh, Attorney Joe Rogers, and again, folks, good afternoon, it's John DePietro. This is important. We're speaking with House Minority Leader Blake Filippi. When Attorney Joe Rogers, legal counsel for the JCLS, when he um, provided a written response to the Attorney General's office on April 3rd, were you copied on that correspondence? And if not, why not? So I was not. I, I feel that I should have been. All members of JCLS should have been. This is a, a, a legal interaction with, with the Attorney General's office. Um, so I was not. And, and the reason why not is the Speaker runs this as his own political fiefdom. Um, in with Joe Rogers' legal counsel to the JCLS, repeatedly requested delays to file his response to the complaint citing the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. This is right from the Channel 12 story. It's a key reason he couldn't meet the deadline in early March. On April 3rd, he says, he responds in writing that they don't have the document. Why did he repeatedly, three separate extensions, the Attorney Attorney General now, three separate extensions. Why was he asking for extensions for a document that doesn't exist? I have no idea. I have no idea, and the fact, the point is, I should have an idea. You know, the members of this committee should be brought up to date on what is going down when it's going down, not read about it in a WPRI story after you know the smoke clears. What would be um, House Minority Leader Flippy? What would be the mechanism which you would find out? Uh, you know, here he is. He's representing. You know, you're part of the bar. You're part of the body of JCLS. How how is he possibly? Delaying extensions and then providing things to, you know, not some outside or internal thing. This is the attorney general we're talking about. How is he doing that and not notifying all the different members of the Joint Committee of Legislative Services? Uh, It's just an ongoing course of conduct of ultra-virus action by the speaker. Ultra-virus meaning without authority. CCL spends almost... A million dollars a week, John. Wow, that's right. A million dollars a week. You're right. And it's like the the board legally should be voting on all of that. All of it. But it's like the Speaker's political slush fund. You're right. And, you know, the Speaker made the decision, and my other members of JCLS have decided to lie down and, you know, let this unlawful conduct continue. So, you know, uh, as as upset as I am with the Speaker's actions, I think that Senate President Ruggiero and My, my friend Joe Sicarci, they, they have an obligation to, to have this board operate on the up and up. That's right. You know, they, 
they filed a motion to dismiss my case last week saying that the court shouldn't get involved, separation of powers, uh, it's not a role for the judiciary. I mean, they're doing everything they can to ask the court to just don't open up the law books. Don't look at the law, um, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, it almost shows that they know what they're doing is a violation of our general laws. And there's been no uh, decision on uh, uh, dismissing the lawsuit, correct? No, no, no. I mean, they filed their motion to dismiss last week. We've right. had time to file our response and it'll you know, be in the court's hands. And you know, I'm sure eventually it's going to go to the Supreme Court. Do you think... Um Rep. Filippi, the questions I'm asking about this legal counsel to the JCLS, Joe, Joseph Rogers, um, don't you, wouldn't you agree those are fair questions? Why, why is he asking for delays if there's no document to begin with? Not once, not twice, three times. In baseball, as you know, three strikes and you're out. Why are you asking for delays on something that allegedly or supposedly doesn't even exist in the first place? I agree. Listen, I, I, I think Joe Rogers is... An ethical man, I don't think he would misrepresent anything. I question what he was being told. I I, I don't think this falls on the lap of Joe Rogers. Do you think his, what he was sending to the attorney general seeking the extension, uh, that correspondence, should that be made public? Yeah, I I think this whole business should be made public. Yeah. I mean, because we don't know why he was asking. Um, you know, to say, well, we need more time because of the coronavirus pandemic. And then after three separate times, then they demand, like, put up or shut up. And he's like, oh, on second thought, what you're looking for doesn't even exist. I mean, that, <laughs> as uh, Nerona said, uh, if you don't have it, why didn't you just say that back in in February when we first requested it? I'll tell you, th- this is just another element of this whole thing, Representative Filippi. Boy, the speaker, talk about, you know, actions speak louder than words. It doesn't matter what he says. You have to watch what he does. And this, to me, is another example of look how fast and loose these guys play with the truth. Yeah, you know, it, I think people in government need to be held to a higher standard. And um, I don't know that they believe that. Yeah. Uh, any reaction to hear, and I know this, I'm going to let you go in a second, but any reaction to hearing about, I mean, this is the city of Warwick now, second largest city, either Warwick or Cranston, depending on how you look at the numbers. Cranston, they count the mates at the ACI, so they say they're second largest. Either way, it's Warwick, Cranston. But uh, Mayor Solomon announcing 50 layoffs today, and what is surprising to me is they had, a, apparently, according to the mayor, they had an opportunity to not lay anyone off. But the union taking the vote would not forego raises. Representative Filippi, in this climate, uh, I mean, I, I, how tone deaf are some people that, that that if this is survival time, if if you wanna if you wanna keep your job, this is not the time to be holding the line, demanding that you still want your two percent raise. Yeah, agreed. And you know, we passed the Evergreen contract bill. That's right. Against a bad bill. And the only remedy for municipalities is to lay people off. That's right. Um, you can't reduce benefits, etc. Terms and conditions of employment, etc. So, um, I think I think it shows that a lot of our municipalities are going to be under financial distress. And I'm concerned about the property taxpayers. Yes, they should be you know the number one concern of ours. And then public employment comes after that. Have you had, before I let you go, have you had any communication with the governor? And I'm not saying you normally would, but I'm just wondering if under the circumstances, any communication with Governor Raimondo? Uh, with, with, with her high, highly placed staff on a daily basis. I on mean, a de- not okay. with everything that's gone down, but yep. communication's been excellent. Okay. Well, that's important. Do you feel um, that the way that she's handling this kind of, the phasing things out five to 10 and then maybe to 15, depending on how everybody behaves. And maybe we'll go even harder if you keep your room neat, do your homework. Maybe we'll let you go to 20 people. Um, do you think that's the effective way or are you already noticing a, a restlessness of people that it's time to start to reopen things a little bit? Yeah, so there's definitely a restlessness. And, and here's the issue. Last Monday, we put out uh, a request to our House Oversight Committee to meet. We listed 40, uh, 24 items that needed information on. Uh, everything from how is the testing being done, how is the money being spent, how are people being classified as COVID-19 deaths, if there's um, comorbidity with other diseases. Basically, 
everything that we as legislators would need to know in order to answer the questions you just asked. Um, so I really, I, I, I fault my, the House leadership for keeping members in the dark. We have a House Oversight Committee whose job it is, legal job it is, to oversee the governor's actions during the state of emergency. We are the check and balance, and uh, the speaker has you know, essentially you know, walked off the ball field. So I'd love to be able to answer your question. Uh, I think it's my duty to be able to answer your question. And our House leadership has essentially denied me and all the other members the access to that data uh, by not allowing House oversight to meet. Hmm. So I'd love to be able to answer your question. But the, the larger issue is that the General Assembly has essentially taken its ball and gone home. They have. And, you know, denied me my ability, representative of 14,000 people, yep. to, to understand what's going down here. Last question, folks. And again, it's Shonda Petro on this uh, Wednesday at one thirty. One Governor Mondo press briefing coming up at two thirty. Representative Filippi, uh, what what element um, commission within the House would oversee the, the nursing home situation? If, if there's one area in Rhode Island that certainly needs new protocols, new oversight, I, I, I again, I don't know exactly. I don't want to use the phrase "drop the ball," but clearly. There's something wrong. I'm looking at a Channel 10 I-team. Providence Nursing Home sees 700% spike in COVID-19 cases. I think I saw a a figure 80% of the deaths in Rhode Island have happened at the nursing homes who are the most vulnerable citizens among us. I'm just questioning who within our state government is in charge of some kind of oversight for protocol and procedures at these nursing homes. Uh, so it would be House Oversight um, within the legislature is House Oversight or Health, Education, and Welfare. Um, but within the executive branch, uh, Department of, of Health uh, would have executive wow. oversight. Holy cow. We have, our, we have our own committees that can be looking at this. Yeah. But you would agree with me. Boy, that's an area that needs to be looked into. This is atrocious what has happened. Yeah. And, and, and more importantly, just finally, if you take that out of the mix... Rhode Island actually has fared pretty well. But, you know, when you talk about 80% of the deaths have happened in the nursing homes, if somehow there were better procedures, I don't know enough about the situation, but that just seems to be a, a glaring uh, alarm going off that that certainly needs more attention, more oversight. Uh, I just I feel awful for all of the those that have passed away, their families, the hopelessness. Um, you know, some of those people are bedridden. They couldn't even escape the virus in that sense. It, it's just uh, it's just terrible. So but listen, uh, the JCLS thing is beyond interesting. It's uh, it's really appalling. And I, I agree with Eli Sherman of Channel 12. I, I wish Attorney General Nerona had issued some kind of fine or something like that. I'm going to be very curious. I want to follow up with you how you're going to react and respond to both Nerona and, and I think your attorney for JCLS, Joe Rogers, I'd like to see him answer some questions. I think, and I don't know if they can argue attorney-client privilege, but I think whatever communication he was putting forth to Attorney General uh, Nerona, I think that should be made public, Representative Filippi. Yeah, I concur. All right. Folks, he is House Minority Leader Blake Filippi. Rep, great job, and I'll talk to you again. Stay safe. Thank you, John. Bye-bye. All right, folks, there it is. Blake Filippi right here on the John DePietro Show. Now, right now, it's one thirty-four. Good afternoon, everyone. And I recognize... Um, I'll, I'll tell you why I think that, number one, it's obviously significant because it is Mattiello. But on top of that, they were using the pandemic as an excuse to lie about something that apparently didn't even exist. And, and that's just reprehensible. But it's par for the course. And then Mattiello, when, you know, he wants to hide out and not give any answers, what does he do? He goes with the babbling cackle where he can hide out. I mean, it is absolutely really despicable, uh, the actions. And then he does an interview with someone that says to him, forget about the convention center, forget about the state. One of the nail salons going to open. How embarrassing. Folks, right now, 135, Governor Mundo press briefing coming up this afternoon at 2.30. Hey, I want to remind you. That maybe you're a company and you're having problems with uh, truck or trailer 
Remember our friends at Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110. Mega Truck and Trailer Repair, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Commercial trailers and diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, ABS repairs, brakes, doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Folks, I also want to stress to you the importance of making sure that your business, your school, you want to make sure it is as clean as possible. And that's why you can depend. Remember our friends at Soul Source Restoration. Call them today, 401-712-2700. 401-712-2700. They are so knowledgeable, but they have the equipment that no one else has. That's why, you know, when I talk with Mike Seepy at Soul, and it's S-O-L-E, like Soul in your shoe, Soul Source Restoration. Uh, coronavirus cleaning disinfection service for Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. You're not talking about somebody going in there with a bucket and a mop and some Windex. You're talking about microthermal, fogging, electrostatic, spraying equipment, CDC approved, environmentally pet-friendly, post-cleanup, protective equipment, sole source restoration for your home, for your business, If you own a building, maybe for your school, organization, call Soul Source Restoration today, 401-712-2700. Let's hear Mike Seepy of Soul Source Restoration, who's so knowledgeable, folks. It's John DePietro, and there's nothing more important than cleaning your home, your business, a school, any type of building. You need Soul Source Restoration, a Rhode Island-based company, and it's Soul, S-O-L-E, like the sole of your shoe, Soul Source Restoration. Call them today at 401-712-2700, 401-712-2700. Coronavirus Cleaning and Disinfection Service, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. You know, Soul Source Restoration, folks, they are one of the few companies in the entire country have the type of equipment experience that you need. As far as residential, is there anything more important than making sure your home is absolutely clean from viruses for your family, for your friends, for yourself, sole source restoration, same for your business. They have the expertise, the type of equipment that you need to get through this crisis. We spoke with Mike CP of Soul Source Restoration, and I asked him about just that very thing, the microthermal fogging and electrostatic spring equipment that makes Soul Source Restoration different than every other company. We're a full-service restoration company, as you know, John. We've been in it about 15 years now, and with this coronavirus that has changed our world for the time being, we found a unique way to provide a true 99.9% disinfectant service. Mike, Soul Source Restoration, and again, folks, it's S-O-L-E, Soul Source Restoration. What is, what would you say, what is the goal? What is the goal of the company? Our main goal is to utilize our services to keep essential and non-essential businesses safe, protecting both employees and customers. And with sole source restoration, what is the difference equipment that you use that probably is different than any other company, certainly in Rhode Island right now? But the way I understand it, I've heard you're one of only six companies in the entire country that have the type of equipment that you have. We utilize CDC-approved hospital-grade disinfectant enhanced with sporocyte and viricide that we atomize by means of microthermal foggers. These microthermal foggers break down the disinfectant to 3 to 5 micron, which is basically a fancy word for a micromillimeter. This allows the disinfectant to saturate air particles and cover all surface material, giving you a true 99.9% kill of all pathogens. You know, Mike, right now someone is listening saying, John DiPietro, this does sound fine. Mike Seepy, Soul Service Restoration, it sounds fine. But I already have a janitorial or cleaning company, and, and they tell me that, that they think they can get rid of the coronavirus. These old methods leave a lot of room for human error, utilizing older equipment that doesn't break down the disinfectant in a way that's going to kill the coronavirus. 
Mike, with sole source restoration. Now you have the country is in pandemic. Everyone is freaked. We are seeing death about the coronavirus. What right now is the biggest challenge for a company like yours that has the capability for a coronavirus cleaning and disinfection service? Our biggest challenge, John, is educating the public that what we're doing is very different from janitorial and normal restoration companies whose conventional methods of cleaning mainly comprise of mops, buckets, spray bottles, and kettle pot foggers. Don't take any chances. Call Soul Source Restoration today. Coronavirus Cleaning and Disinfection Service for Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. Call them at 401-712-2700. 401-712-2700. They have the equipment that you need. They will fully clean your home, your property, your office, your school, whether it's any type of business. You heard CDC approved environmentally and pet friendly they have the protective equipment they have the type of equipment that you need don't take any chances a rhode island based company and they are in a league of their own with the type of resources they have to fully disinfect your property from the coronavirus soul source restoration call them today home or business 401 712 2700 401 712-2700. It's sole source restoration, coronavirus cleaning and disinfection service for Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. Again, look for them online, soulsourcerestoration.com. Folks, good afternoon at 142 on this uh, Wednesday afternoon. Again, it's John DePietro. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Governor Mundo press briefing coming up this afternoon at 2.30. A lot of questions to be asked. One is, how about this headline? Governor Armando Reed, say, meaning Senator Reed, says she can allocate $1.2 billion without the lawmakers okay. On the eve, Channel 12 of the story, on the eve of Rhode Island lawmakers first hearing to scrutinize her coronavirus emergency spending, Governor Gina Armando planted a flag to insist she has the right to allocate the entire billion pool of emergency funding provided by Congress last month. Uh, The $2 trillion Federal Care Act, negotiated in part by Senator Reid, provides $150 billion to help states cover the cost of dealing with COVID-19. Reid helped include the so-called small state minimum in the statute, so Rhode Island would get $1.25 billion from the fund. The money has now been transferred to the state's bank account by the U.S. Treasury Department, but the political fight over spending it is just ramping up. General Assembly leaders, that means Dominic Ruggiero, House Speaker Nick Mattiello, who've stayed almost entirely on the sidelines, last week announced creation of a new joint legislative emergency spending task force to scrutinize the governor's administration's spending of those and other funds. They're going to have their first meeting coming up tomorrow. This morning, the governor held a conference call with four members of the congressional delegation. Senator Reid, White House, Cicilline Landsman, highlight their advocacy on Rhode Island's behalf in Washington, start discussing how it's going to be spent. All five, of course, are Democrats. Asked, listen to this, asked what role she sees for the General Assembly in determining how the money gets spent. Governor Raimondo noted U.S. Treasury guidance says that none of the money can be used to, quote, backfill the state's widening budget hole only for coronavirus-related spending. At last check, the administration had already committed to roughly $150 million in emergency expenses. She said, as you heard from Senator Reed and Cicilline, the intention of it is to be spent or allocated at the governor's discretion. So it's not going to go through typical approach appropriation process. So folks, as you can imagine, Speaker Mattiello, they are foaming at the mouth and can't wait to get their hands on one billion of federal funds. And Ramundo is blocking them now, saying that only she decides how it gets spent. Uh, all of that being said, she said, I've talked the past few days to the Senate President, the Speaker. Uh, we're going to look for input. Senator Reid said, as someone who's involved, the intention is to use the, the governors to respond to an emergency. And that would be at the discretion of the governor, not just Governor Mundo, every governor. So meaning 
This was designed so Matty Yellow and Frank Montanaro can't get their money-grubbing hands on it. The coronavirus relief fund section does not mention either governors or legislators. So spokespeople for both Matty Yellow and Senate President Dominic Ruggiero have both been asked for comment on the remarks by Raimondo and Reed. Um, so that is something that I think she will be asked about today. And that is important. Folks, you don't want those people coming up with the money or touching the money, I should say. You know, Matty Yellow, keep in mind, he shouldn't even be there. Let's just be clear about that, okay? He shouldn't even be there. He was on the verge of being indicted for extortion. And then this whole thing hit and the grand jury and the courts closed. But let's let, let's never forget that, okay? As he's still being treated as, you know, the speaker and all this other foolishness. Don't ever forget that. I mean, that's an, it's an embarrassment to the state that that goon thug is even still there. And yet another lie he gets caught with, with Attorney General Nerona. Really, really despicable. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Mika Professionals. Now, listen, this is important. <clears throat> you need to hire some people and screen them out. But the only problem is right now with everything going on. You're fighting just to try to keep everything uh, going as much as possible, just, you know, that you have control over. That's why if you call MEGA professionals today at 508-336-7801, now they can help you. Let's just say right now you need workers. You need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work. Local, a.k.a. sleep-at-home drivers, Class A, B, non-CBL, warehouse workers. Uh, Maybe you need mechanics or skilled workers or labor, office professionals, healthcare professionals. Why not call Mika Professionals? They're screening them all out for you. Never mind with what's going on, how difficult right now it would be trying to do interviews. You don't know who's coming through. Let them screen everyone out for you. Make your job easier. Mika Professionals. Call them today. At 508-336-7801, 508-336-7801 for MEGA Professionals. Right now it's 148, folks, it's John DePietro. Again, we'll give you the uh, top news of the day. Raimondo press briefing coming up. The real big story of the day is Warwick already starting with these uh, 50 workers laid off. Now, they have opened up the floodgates. You're going to see more cities and towns. Contracts are coming up due. These people won't play ball. And now the cities and town layoffs are going to begin. It's a whole new game. A lot more coming up on the John DePietro Show. Hi, I'm Steve, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in stall lines waiting to get in to buy more bottled water. They didn't have to scramble to get it when all this started. They're enjoying all the safe, clean water they want all year long. They're drinking it, cooking with it, bathing in it, doing everything in it except searching for it, rationing it, and now waiting in lines. As this crisis further restricts your freedoms and choices and store shelves empty, I hope you now realize how important it is to take control over your own water quality like thousands of my customers already have. Because when this crisis is over... Your bad water quality won't be, and neither will your bottled water dependency. So ask yourself, do you think you're finally worth making a one-time investment for a lifetime of clean, safe water? If so, call my company. Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. Water Filter Company, a Rhode Island family business since 1986. Water Filter Company, 294-2400. Because is it really worth going through all this? The answer is no. Folks, call them today. 294-2700-294-2400. Uh, water filter company. I want to go back to you again. Good afternoon. It's John DePietro. It is the John DePietro show. Folk, we stay. Visit the website, DePietro.com. Now, I want to play for you. I asked Governor Raimondo. It was over the weekend. And I did ask her this whole business regarding the state workers. And she gave, I, I thought she gave a pretty interesting uh, response to it. Let me just play that again for you. Coming up here in uh, just a moment. Um, Actually, hold on. Governor, the next question is for you, for John DePietro. He notes a record number of people have filed unemployment. However, not one state worker has been laid off, furloughed, or taken a pay cut. He asks, how is this fair to the majority of taxpayers? What about part-time lawyers for the General Assembly, which is not even in session? Yeah. So, thank you, John, and I hear you. Uh, Listen, through this, I have asked every employer 
who is in a position to not lay off their employees to do that. And most big companies uh, have not had layoffs. And so I'm trying to follow the same advice. As long as we are in a position to avoid layoffs, I want to try to do that. We may get to a point where layoffs and furloughs are inevitable. In fact, that's, you know, obviously probable in light of what our deficit is going to look like. But the last thing I want to do is to contribute to the state's unemployment problem and to lay people off. What we are doing is redeploying as many people as possible to serve the crisis. So we are, for example, with contact tracing. Contact tracing is very um, labor intensive. So we're taking folks who used to do something else and we're putting them onto contact tracing. In a way, that actually saves the state money because I don't have to go out and hire an outside firm um, and we can use our state employees. So we're doing our best to uh, do the right thing and keep as many people employed as long as possible. And we're trying to deploy people to fight the crisis. Um, I will say that my ability and Director Smiley's ability to delay furloughs depends totally on the flexibility of uh, the labor leaders, Here we go. the public labor leaders, yep. and um, the state workforce. And as long as they are willing to be flexible, I'm going to do everything I can to avoid layoffs. As it relates to the General Assembly, you'd have to ask them that's something that they um, operate on their own. Now, what's interesting about that, folks, and again, good afternoon. That was Governor Mundo over the weekend when I asked that. You can uh, see the story on that. And uh, also, if you want to hear the clip again, it's on the website, dipetro.com. Flexibility of union leaders. Now, in the city of Warwick, laying off 50 city workers, pink slips coming. That is not flexibility. That apparently is from um, the fact of that they were not going to be flexible. Uh, it is. I agree. Uh, someone said, uh, thank you. But it is, I think so, Steve. Good question. It is kind of a, but but they're already setting the message. If people are not going to play ball and the union mentality, no givebacks, apparently, according to the mayor of Warwick, the, the unions would, they were demanding a 3% raise with everything going on, demanding a 3% raise. And then instead, some union members are getting raises. 50 got laid off. Boy, talk about we're all in it together. Now, yesterday also was a situation, and the governor was asked the question. No, this was from Monday, and Jerry Zarella, the uh, Trump campaign, reacted. Governor Mundo took a shot at President Trump yesterday. Let me play that sound. The medical experts by his side stayed quiet. They could have corrected him then and there, but chose not to. Why are key people not stepping up? What are your thoughts? So, Tanya, you'd have to ask them. You'd have to ask them. Uh, I also saw that and was shocked that the president suggested we ingest bleach in order to keep ourselves safe. I would strongly advise you not do that. Here's what I can tell you. Here in Rhode Island, um, I am listening to the experts. Nicole and I talk constantly. She has a team. She has a top-notch team of public health experts who she listens to and who I listen to. So the Trump campaign, Rhode Island, they were, and rightfully so, upset about that, saying the president never said to ingest bleach. Um, I saw yesterday, late day, very late in the afternoon, Dr. Fauci was interviewed on CNN, and they didn't even bring it up. So hopefully that whole element has now passed in the news cycle. We're getting past it. What's important now seems to be more of a focus, folks, on the reopening the reopening of the state in uh, the different states, I should say, and exactly what those plans are. And something to watch is what's going to happen with um, any state that opens and then starts to go backwards. That is something to watch. That is something that you should be watching. I think the media should spend less time on all of these positive cases and more time on deaths or of hospitalizations. It's coming down to the hospitalizations. Folks, right now it's 155. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Rhode Island's number one garden center, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Now, they are open for the season. They are compliant with the state. 
They've set up a safe environment. Rhode Island's number one garden center. Take a ride and see them. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. They're right off Route 4. And it's a family-run business. And it's Steve and Debbie and Junior. And they do such a fantastic job. And they have everything. The amount of colors. Look at that Facebook page for PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Right off Route 4. Beautiful. The colors. Assorted colors of pansy flats, pansy bags, hangers and bowls. Folks, it'll make you feel better. You'll feel more like spring. Nice tulips, hyacinthias, daffodils, hydrangeas. PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Landscape Materials, Green Loom, Black Brown, Hemlock Mulch. Like, Look for them on Facebook. You can call them 295-4399 or email them prmaterials at cox.net. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water. And they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting... How about you give my company a call? Call the Water Filter Company at 294-2400. 294-2400. A Rhode Island family business since 1986. You know, they're exactly right, folks. And every day, I am so glad. Let me say hi to my friend Steve at Gilmore Furniture and Warwick. Every day, I am so glad that um, that I have my water filter from Water Filter Company. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Henry Oil, a Rhode Island success story. Hello. They are just terrific. Uh, they're such, I, I just think the world of them. I'm so glad that I know them. Lori and Carmine, Henry Oil, online at henryoil.com, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, full service fuel company, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, oil burner service and installation, automatic delivery. They do budget plans, lock and cap pricing. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401 521 521 for Henry Oil. So, folks, it's John DePietro. And I also want to point out again, uh, you know, as the weather is getting nicer, a great way to just kind of feel a little bit better about things. I'm telling you, you do a simple thing like getting some nice takeout from K's. I love K's and the atmosphere there is always just terrific. Uh, certainly just 1013 Cassav right across from CVS. But let me see what they have today. Specials today. How about this a case? American chop suey, extra, extra large BLT, pulled pork sandwich, meatball sub, Reuben sandwich, and beer and wine to go. Boy, that sounds fantastic. Call case 762 9675. 762-9675. You know what? Your Wednesday is going to get better. Uh, and also, the dinner special start at 4 o'clock. You know, at K's, they have the delicious chicken Maryland. They also have the prime rib. It's delicious with baked potato. And K's also baked stuffed shrimp and baked potato. That's on Fridays and Saturdays after four for the weekend specials. Delicious soups. Uh, you're going to feel better. And on top of that, you, you know, you could use a good meal. Stop and see my friends. Get delivery of case. Folks, it's John DePietro. Listen, enjoy this Wednesday. Everyone, I will be doing Facebook Live tonight sometime after 7 o'clock. If you missed any portion of the show, just go to the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, and then right under radio show, you can click on and listen to any segment right there. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Coming up is the 2 o'clock news, and then the John Dion program follows. I'll be back tomorrow at 11, but as always, the show never ends on Twitter or at the website uh, at depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. So listen, enjoy yourselves this Wednesday. Governor Rundo, see what she says coming up at 2.30. With the press briefing, we'll have a lot more tomorrow at 11. But I'll see you tonight on Facebook. Hopefully, we'll get some good news from uh, the governor this afternoon. Let's start to reopen things. Let's start to reopen the state. It's 2 o'clock.